I wanted to be great. That's how I used to think about it. I realized that I wanted to feel great. And, and I feel great now, like, doing what I'm doing because I'm chasing the, the things that I consider success. Welcome to Good AF, the podcast that interviews good guys who do good things. I'm your host, Matt Nadu, and this week I'm with entrepreneur and co-founder of Blind Barber, Jeff Love. Now, Jeff went from working at a law firm to being a beauty school dropout and then having no idea what the hell he was going to do with his life. He took some simple advice from his grandfather, constructed a business plan, and with no money to his name, he pitched an idea for a barbershop to one of New York's top restauranteurs. And they bought it. We talk hustle, why failure isn't an option, and how a barbershop that doubles as a bar found itself across the country making their own products with one of the biggest names in sports joining them for the ride. I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but Blind Barber, that kind of seems like a name that those two really don't go hand in hand. What's the story behind that? Because I know you get asked this all the time. Diving right in. I'm diving, diving right, right in. in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a name that I think raises the eyebrows a little bit. People love the joke, like, so what do you guys got, a blind barber there? Like, mm-hmm. I don't trust you. Which is fun. I mean, I'm glad that it's sticky like that. But the way it came about was when I was coming up with the concept uh, during my legal paralegal days um, at the law firm, I had landed on this concept of a speakeasy uh, mm-hmm. because they were all the rage in New York City at that time. It was roughly like nine, ten years ago now. Ten years. And there were these awesome bars like PDT, Please Don't Tell, um, Little Door, something, a whole slew of them. And so when I looked up speakeasy, and, and I had landed on this idea of a fully functioning barbershop and then through the closet door or whatever going into these these dance bars, right? Um, clubs, lounges, whatever you want to call them. And when I looked up Speakeasy on Wikipedia, the little blurb at the top, and I think it still says it there today, is like, Speakeasies, also called Blind Pigs and Blind Tigers. And it was mm. this idea that during the Prohibition days, if they let a place slide, they were turning a blind eye to what was going on in the yeah. back. And I mean, it was just one of those like cartoon light bulb moments where I was like, well, that's perfect. You know, the blind barber. Yeah. I was thinking that, t- that sounds very prohibition that, oh, this is what's going on the front, but really what's going on the back. Is yeah. The good stuff. And that was the original, that was the original concept. I think we've evolved since then to, you know, because when you think of the speakeasies, there's a definite like aesthetic, mm-hmm. like the 1920s, like Boardwalk Empire. And we've mm-hmm. originally built the bars like that, but have since, as we've grown older, we've kind of changed up the, the design of the spaces. And I think we're less speakeasy and more just like we got a hidden bar where you can disappear to behind yeah. the barbershop, but still play off of the heritage of that or like the, the history of that name and, and the phrase of a blind pig in terms of being a blind barber. Well, we can definitely get lost in here and I want to go into that. But uh, just to introduce you, I'm with Jeff Love. Is it Love? Yeah. Jeff Love. Got it right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. A lot of people say lob or lamb or lab. Lab. It's four letters and it's one of the harder ones to pronounce. Do you correct people? No, I don't give a shit. I get Nadu or Nader or Nada. I don't care. Nada, but it's Nadu, and I'm like, whatever, it works. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, but he is. Are you? You're the founder or co-founder or what's what's the title there? Yeah, I mean, co-founder. I origi- I had come up with the concept, but there is no way in hell I could have 
done this by myself. So I was fortunate to be introduced to a couple great guys who bought in and added their touches to make this thing what it is today. Awesome. Yeah. So co-founder, we'll say that of yeah, Blind Barber. Of Blind Barber, which initially for me I thought was a super dope barber shop. Now I'm, we're in Highland Park in Los Angeles, but you guys are all over. And when I came in, I was like, oh, this is this is an awesome barber shop. But then, like what Jeff was saying, you come in through the back door or like through this little side door and it opens up to a full blown speakeasy. Yeah, I absolutely love that 70s version version of the speakeasy, kind of like a mix between a speakeasy. I feel like I'm going to see. uh, Yeah, I I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to see Snoop Dogg come out in like this big mink coat and Ron Jeremy just chilling in the corner, sipping cocktails. Mark Wahlberg, Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Okay. there you go. Perfect. Boogie Nights. I love it. So. You've created this awesome combo of not only this barber shop, but of this speakeasy. Who who designs this? We do, we do. Uh, is it a collaborative thing, or is it course. one guy goes, "Hey, this"? No, is- no, no, no. Of course, everything. We we all have like dedicated roles into, and I apologize. We're in a live scenario, so we got some employees coming in and out. We got Chris. What's up, Chris? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Chris is one of our uh, head barbers. We, nice. were, we were out partying last night, too. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So you never yell at a barber. You go, hey, do what you got to do. Yeah. You're good. The, uh, whatchamacallit, um, so, so we all have our specific, like, roles that we handle. Like, so for m- myself, I, besides being co-founder, I operate as our chief creative officer and marketing officer. Mm-hmm. So I, I have more responsibility on the the overarching brand story and and marketing initiatives that we take place but when designing a space i mean it's ours we we build this for us first and foremost and then we invite people into our home essentially Mm -hmm. so it has to have touches from all of us in order for us to kind of you know feel like to communicate the story yeah otherwise it would just be this templated space like a TJF Fridays which I'm not knocking I'm sure they're doing a great happy hour I'm ex- they, they probably doing exceptionally well um, and making way more money than me but in order for me to get excited and get out of bed it has to have things that I'm excited to to talk about mm-hmm. and, like when we were in the barbershop and I was explaining how the painting is from a buddy of mine Hugo McLeod out in Brooklyn and the plants that are on the walls are from you know our, our neighbor next door here and like things that I'm interested in and then Back here, the fish tank and this this dome that we have above was yeah. We have a dome w- up above that has like stars and palm trees and yeah, it's full moon. A little, this is beautiful. Yeah, a little portrait of L.A. with uh, all all the constellations of our kids are up in there somewhere as a little Easter egg for you us. You guys are deep. I mean, we're here. This is ours, and and it, it's, it's beautiful. It's it's an achievement to build stuff like this, and I I don't. It's not just to make money. It's like I'm here to make you know, footprints and, and to really feel like I've achieved something. And, and so I wanted to have those little touches to it. So you guys have multiple barbershops, six barbershops now with the seventh coming yep. in Philadelphia. Can we say that? Yeah, yeah okay. of course. We can say that. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I want to get into that because we're both from the Philadelphia region. But what you guys have done is you create this beautiful, simplistic area where the barbershop is. And it's very intimate. Like, yeah. I love that feel. When I was a kid... I used to go to my local barber shop, and they'd have, you know, it, it would be like this little classic place, but they'd have magazines sitting out, and I used to just sit there and just act like I'm reading the magazine, like Sports Illustrated, but I would just be listening to the stories. Exactly. And that was like a two-chair place, and I feel like you guys have recreated that in a beautiful way. Yeah, I, when when thinking about the barbershop and designing it, 
we were debating whether, you know, well, not debating, we were trying to determine how, how big we wanted to build these and like, you know, what's the revenue that generates from these chairs, blah, 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 blah. What we came down to is that, and is that a barbershop is not just about turning chairs or turning tables for a restaurant like Lingo. It's about the conversations that happen in there. It's about the, the bond that's built between the customer and the barber. Mm -hmm. It's about creating this space that people feel like they get to exhale for 30 minutes and be a part of a neighborhood dynamic or a, the conversation that's happening, the debate between what's better, Illmatic or reasonable doubt, right? And ha allowing everyone in the shop to participate in that so that we're building a community and creating friendships and, and networks and memories in these chairs uh, as opposed to just giving haircuts and turning it. So we never build barbershops bigger than four chairs so that everyone can participate in the energy that's happening in there. Yeah. It granted, feels granted, I do have the luxury of supplementing that income with a ton of vodka sodas behind the door, right? There you go. But, but it, it, but I mean, that's the business model that we built. Yeah. So but that you still create that atmosphere. It feels like almost like a men's club. Like it's like, nope, no. I'm going to stop you. Okay. We're not just for men, man. Okay. There are plenty. I uh, love that. Go into that. Of course. I mean, it's a haircut, right? It's a safe space. And there's women who have short pixie haircuts who mm -hmm. feel more confident coming to a barber who's skilled in uh, clipper work. You know, uh, we, we can tackle any hair type. We define our customer base by length of hair. Okay. Plain and simple. So you're you're breaking down those stereotypes that the barbershop is kind of like the place where my grandfather went and my dad went and it's just kind of like they the dudes go here and the salons for my mom or whatever. Yeah. So this is, yeah. Anybody can come into this. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, anyone can come into my home. Yeah. So anyone can come into my business. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we can't give you layers or like, you know, a, a double process hair color treatment. But we can give you a sick fade or, you know, a, a choppy little pixie cut. Yeah. And that could either be for if you like a pixie cut, you can have a pixie cut. Or if she wants a fade, if, she can if have If my fade. hair could, if I could do a pixie cut, if my hair was that thick, I could. Yeah. I mean, I would test just, the waters. I had, you know, I have friends of. Do you get that? Like when somebody says, oh, when they think of just the barbershop, it's just for the guys. Is that kind of like, ah, oh, hey. Of course. I mean, I'm not offended by it. I mean, that's a whole slew of history. And like, that is the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. But that's not how we are. And again, going back to it, not to sound like selfish about it, but this is ours. This is our space that we're, you know, we're cultivating. Yeah. And it's for everyone as long as you understand what our expertise is and in, in the services that we provide. Yeah. Um, and you can see that on your guys' Instagram. Like you have a you have a wider range of people, different cuts, everything. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. It's like artwork, to be honest. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we I mean, I want to meet everyone. So I don't want to, and I definitely don't want to just hang out with dudes. Mm -hmm. I want to hang out with everyone. I feel you. You know, they, they's, she's, he's, wh mm -hmm. however you want to identify yourself. I, I'm game on. Like, I want to. I want to soak up all of the experiences that people have and the stories they have, and, and it would be limiting to only make it towards men, in my opinion. I, it, would, it, it wouldn't be servicing why I, we set out to build these places. I love that. And, and I love where, where you're sitting right now. So I want to go back a little bit. You initially weren't in this industry at all. You, from stories I've heard, you wanted to be a lawyer? You went to law I, school? I thought I should be a lawyer. Okay. I don't know if I ever truly wanted to be a lawyer. Um, it, what it was, was the reason behind the thinking? Uh, like every, I, I feel like a, like a lot of kids growing up is you get asked that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And 
it starts with a soccer player or a basketball player yeah. and then or a fireman and then it's like oh i guess i'll be a teacher or a lawyer and you don't you're not i think there's not a lot of resources out there and there's not a lot of people telling you to like no you can do whatever you want to do like it's not like here's 10 choices pick from them but the way the education i remember my education system was like pick your path and follow that so that you can get that get the you know get your security uh, of a steady paycheck and mm -hmm. you know and the family and blah 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 and so i followed that right it was like oh i'm good at arguing with my teachers and <laughs> i should be a lawyer and then Naturally. you know went to nyu studied history i was like that's the path and then graduated there got a job at a law firm you know that kind of stuff I mean, I can go into it if you really want to get into it. Yeah. Well, was there a moment that you were kind of sitting and you're like, hey, this isn't for me. I need yeah, to get like out. Because that's day, tough like for people to realize Three days that. in, man. Oh, that's awesome. It didn't happen. I didn't transition out, but it, it happened like that. Um, I was really fortunate. One of my best friends was working at a, a really dope law firm. Um, I don't, they probably don't describe law firms as dope, but a really reputable law firm mm -hmm. uh, called Cravath, Swain & Moore. And I was, after graduating college, um, it didn't, like, that was, the, I think, the first thing that made me start to rethink my, my, like, my plan is because you go into college and, like, after you graduate, you're going to have this job and then everything just starts to go in motion. I graduated and I was, like, unemployed and had to move back to Jersey for eight months because I was, like, I can't afford New York City. I have nothing here. And I was on the couch again. And luckily he got me a job and I moved right back to New York like immediately and started working as paralegal as a paralegal there. And I got in and I was pumped. I was like right back on the path again. Right. Yeah. And I sat down at my, at my desk and I looked around at these like kind of sterile walls. I had really great colleagues, but like sterile walls, like suited up. It just, mm. It didn't match my personality. It's like and total opposite of yeah, what Yeah, I just right now. wasn't interested in that. I wasn't interested. I was chasing the, the 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 excitement of a paycheck more so than my passion, which I hadn't I didn't know what it was at that moment. But you um, knew it wasn't that. It wasn't that. And and so within like a couple of days I was like, Well, this is gonna be grueling and mm -hmm. I stuck it out, you know, for three years. So that's tough because even for me, even pivoting in moments of my own life, I'm like, well, I've already invested this much time in this. I've already invested this much effort. And it's hard to make that pivot. Of course. Of course. But there's more time. Yeah. I, right? There is more time. There's more time. So you went from there and then you get into hair or you get into the Yeah. So the business. I, I had grown up in South Jersey. My mom was a manager of a salon there. And so some of my part-time work when I wasn't delivering pizzas was answering phones at that, that salon. Mm -hmm. um, it was a phenomenal place to meet beautiful women, you know, go out, have fun. It was, yeah. again, like being a part of the, the dynamic of a salon is really fun too. There's a lot of scandalous behavior. They're, 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 they're fun, fun group. <laughs> um, and then when I went to New York uh, for, for NYU, um, I got a, I got a job working at this salon called Ted Gibson, who's doing phenomenal things. And I was really fortunate to be there from the day he opened his salon all the way through launching his product line. And again, I had no plan to do any of this on my own. It was just, I didn't realize I was soaking up all of this, these experiences and this knowledge mm -hmm. as I was going through life. And so then when I hit that breaking point within the law firm, and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Because I was a history major. 
I knew I wasn't going to be a lawyer. I can't look at an Excel sheet. I don't know what, what am I going to do with life, right, uh, to stay in New York City. So I that feels like panic mode right there. A kinda. little bit, a little bit, right? It was, it was going back to that, well, like, what did I do all of this for? What am I going to do? Um, and so I just asked myself, I was like, you know what? I have so many great connections in the salon world from my days working in Jersey, which was a really great salon called Raziri. And then Ted Gibson in New York, I was like, I'm an Aveda, like I knew about Aveda and I was like, I'll just enroll in cosmetology school. And then after I'm done that, I'll, I'll cut hair. I mean, mm-hmm. it can't be that hard. So I did that. I, I worked nine to five at the law firm. And then from five to 10 at night, I went to Aveda cosmetology school and it was great. It, I, I felt like I was kind of back on my path, like towards something that felt more like me. Were you getting burned out or was it something that I never get burned? I mean, I'm always burnt. I'm either, oh, I'm, I'm basically like both at the same time. Like I'm always burnt out, but I got to keep going. I, I don't want to ever waste a second. I like doing things and exploring things. I, I think that's a, that's a, a part of me that will Especially never go Especially if it's something that you're interested in as well. Well, at least I thought, I think I'm interested in. Yeah. yeah we'll get to that part right now. Um, you can't know if you're interested in something until you try it, right? I agree. 100%. And I think that's one of the bigger barriers to people. Like what you're, what you were saying is like to make those leaps is like they try to assess if they're going to like it before trying it. Mm-hmm. That's just dive in, right? So the way cosmetology school is broken up is you do like a, a month or two of like written, like all of the health stuff and book, book, book heavy worksheets and whatnot and then you get into the practicals like washing hair sectioning hair cutting hair perms all that stuff nails. good stuff the good stuff you would for people not so i, crushed, <laughs> I feel like there's something good coming i crushed here. the written stuff and then again feeling great that i'm back on this path and then we had to wash someone's hair and i put my hands in someone's hair and was like this is the grossest thing i've ever had to do and I realized right then and there that there was no chance in hell that I would ever cut hair because I can't touch hair. Damn. It's gross. I can only touch mine or my wife's. Yeah. Um, I, it's just a weird thing. So i now back to panic mode. It's like, well, this, this, this now sucks. what? Yeah, this, this is, this is a big blow to, to the, the getting back on track. And so I, I mean, if we're going to get right into it, I, I had a mini like, anxiety panic attack and was like i gotta take a break so i i, I read a, something where you, you you just had this attack and you just like threw your stuff on the ground and just kind of stormed out pretty much i left i left i was like i gotta go home like because i was like this is this is beat and i it luckily it fell at a time where we were taking a week vacation from school so i took a week vacation from work went down to the jersey shore um it was over the summertime my grandfather was there my whole family we rent a house for a week there down there and he was it's a, like it's like heaven at the Jersey Shore in it, summer. It gets a bad it, rap. It gets but, a very bad rap. But if you find those little gems, like it's it's so nice. It's uh, so nice. I um, love it. So we were down there, and I was talking to him. Who my grandfather was someone I had I had looked up to. Um, he just seemed so cool and savvy, and was just always making things happen. He was a serial entrepreneur himself. Um, again, didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur at this time, mm-hmm. or, or like dive into my own business. And so I was just talking to him. I was like, pop up, like, I'm having a real hard time with this. Like, how, what do you think about me cutting hair? Do you think I should, like, continue through with it? And he was like, Jeffrey, like, yeah, I think it's great. He was like, I loved my barber shop, you know, getting a beer, getting a haircut, playing cards, buying stolen shit, talking about the girls that we were dating or sleeping with. And I was like, hold on. I was like, 
it, it was like one of those things that just like clicked. I was like, that's what I like too. That's what I liked about the salon. I liked answering the phone, seeing all of the people come in, feeling like shit, looking at themselves a half hour, hour later and being like, oh, there I am. And I was a part mm. of that process having, you know, giving them a glass of wine, ha hearing their conversations, me sitting in the chair telling my stories about who I was dating, sleeping with people. It was fuck great. I was like, why don't I make that for my friends? Because at that time, if you were a guy and you wanted to get a haircut, you went to a salon and you were called a metrosexual. Yeah. Whack. Oh, I forgot all about that term. Whack. Yeah, the Lame. metrosexual. Lame. Like, why can't we have a cool spot for our homies to, like, get a dope cut and kick it and just be called a, a dude, mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, I'm doing this. I'm, I, I'm, I gotta, I gotta make this plan happen. So I went back, I went back and like Frenchie from Greece, I dropped out of beauty school, went back to, I was still at the law firm and I spent the extra hours. Um, hopefully they're not listening cause I was getting paid to write my business plan. Uh, I would finish my work as fast as possible. And then I'd write my business plan at work. Um, I looked up, the way I have no business like experience, so I was I went on businessplans.com mm -hmm. and downloaded two business plans and copy and pasted everything I could, and then. All right. So you know. what you're saying reminds me of a lot of things that I used to do. Do you think that that's a? And I'm from like Philly. You're from right outside Philly in Cherry Hill. Do you think that's like an East Coast thing that we do? We just kind of like hustle and we're like, fuck it, we're just gonna make this stuff work. I'm I'm sure. A part of it. I take pride in saying that. Maybe I just say it so much, and then I. My act mom like was a. Has my mom was a hustler. My mom's had every cool job under the sun. You know, I, I think I I looked up to her and my grandfather, and then mixed with the stability and like thought process and and planning that my dad does. I, I think I was fortunate to get like a great little mixture of that. Um, and yeah, the East Coast. I think there is a innate hustle to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm finding that out here too. I think people out here in LA are hustling. It's, mm -hmm. I love it here. So for me, I think it was more so my mom and also this drive that I wanted, I wanted to, f I wanted to be great. That's how I used to think about it. I realized that I wanted to feel great and, and I feel great now, like doing what I'm doing um, yeah. because I'm chasing the, the things that I consider success. That's um, beautiful. Cause like being great, that's kind of other people's perception, yeah. but like feeling great. That's like within you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so I think my mom gave me that hustle. You know, she was uh, Mary Kay cosmetics saleswoman, flight attendant, uh, retail saleswoman. Um, uh, what else did she do? Host of QVC, model on a runway. Okay, you definitely got your hustle then like from her. She was just on it. Philadelphia Eagles cheerleader, 1980. Jeez Louise. Yeah, yeah, she did it all. And so I was like, well, I'm going to keep, she gave me the confidence and the, the, the like oomph to like, be like, just go try things. And then my dad, who's been at the same company for 35 years, brilliant, like it's the planning. And he taught me to like, yes, throw caution to the wind to jump in, but like, make sure you have like your, your ducks in a row and a little place mm -hmm. to like fall sit when you, when you fail, it's a softer blow so that you can get back up quickly and get back after it that's smart i feel like a lot of people just want to dive into things and don't really have like a safety net or kind of like a backup plan so. yeah or don't because they're too scared to take you have to have that mixture yeah absolutely so your grandfather kind of sparks this in you yeah and from what i'm assuming you're you're working a couple different jobs do you have money at this point to go hey i want to kind of start my own business so or how does 
So how does how that, that play? So I I tricked myself. I I stopped talking about this idea that I have, and I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to be able to open this barbershop bar called Blind Barber. And I simply said, I started telling people that I was going to do it. And I think when I started to tell people that I was going to do it, they were like, oh, shit, like this is going to happen. You should talk to so-and-so. And then I'd yeah. follow that breadcrumb, and I'd get to that person and be like, I can't really help you, but this is dope. You should talk to this person. I kept following it, and eventually um, I was introduced to my business partner, who you met, Josh, mm -hmm. out, out in the barbershop, and he was doing great things in the East Village of New York um, in the bar world, in the F&B. He had Plan B, uh, Ella, and Gallery Bar, which were like staples of that time. And he was selling Plan B, which was his first bar on 10th and B, uh, right across from Tompkins Square Park. And I had this whole business plan, a really robust business plan that mm -hmm. I copy and pasted and put. A, and I, I handed it to him. I was like, uh, you know, Mr. Boyd, I called him Mr. Boyd at this yeah. point. I was like, uh, I want to, I want you to consider me to take over your bar and I, I would like to buy it from you. Did you just walk in? Or I got introduced you, through through my friend, through so we friend. had like a meeting at his bar, yeah. and he was like, "Cool, well, you know, I'm fielding other offers, but I would love to take a look at it. You know, even though I'm getting rid of this space, it is my first bar, and I want something to kind of carry on the legacy that it's had." I was like, "Cool, let's get back." And he called me. He's like, "This is a really cool idea. Do you think we could really make it work?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he's like, "Well, what if we partnered up and I stayed on board?" And I was like, "And I was like, oh my god, yeah, like, this is awesome. Wow. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Let's go in." He's like, "And I have a great operator who." Is now our business partner as well, um, Adam Kirsch. And I was like, perfect. Well, I'll run the barber shop and you guys run the bar and let's call it Blind Barber. And he was like, great. He was like, so how much money you have? I was like, well, about that. I got zero. <laughs> and he was like, sick. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I was like, I'll, I'll work for you. I was like, you teach me. I was like, I don't care. I'll earn ownership. I didn't know how. I just wanted work. to see it come to life. And he was like, whatever, man. He was like, he turned around, he shook my hand. He's like, take, take your, your, your cut of this. And, you know, uh, he's like, let's go build it. And literally the next day, I'm not kidding you, the next day, because it was his bar already, mm -hmm. we walked in with hammers and started knocking walls down. And What's going through your mind? Are you like, oh, shit, like I'm doing this? Or like, oh, shit, now it, this worked. Now am I going to be able to pull this off? I, to be very frank with you, I never thought it wouldn't work. I think a, a part of that was blinded by the excitement that it was coming to life. And it, since it was already happening, I was like, of course it's going to work. And second was Josh and Adam truthfully gave me the, like I, I had seen his track record. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like we were in great hands. Like it, it didn't occur to me at that time that there was a possibility of failure. And you're young. I was I 25, 25. Holy shit. 25 or six. Yeah. 25. What the hell was I doing at 25? I don't even know. Probably the same thing as me. I, mean, I was still getting, I was still going out, drinking, babes, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. But I was also building a bar and yeah. a barbershop. A um, little empire now. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. We're getting there. It's fun. Listen, I know I'm not supposed to say I'm a good guy. But I've been using Good Guy Wellness hair products, and they have me feeling good AF. Speaking of which, today's podcast is brought to you by Good Guy Wellness. Good Guy Wellness is a four-step hair care line designed to help good guys keep their hair on their heads. Try saying that five times fast. 
But seriously though, it's a four-step system. It's a shampoo, conditioner, topical solution, and these awesome gummies that will keep your hair looking healthy, strong, and most importantly, there. Now, now you guys are rocking. You have one location. How do you guys start expanding? Hmm. And not only in New York, but you guys are – you're across the country now in different cities from yeah. East Coast to West Coast. Midwest. How's that, how's that play out? Well, you're Chicago too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got all the cool cities. They, they're, they're all cool. There's always something fun to discover. So the way our expansion plan worked and has worked up until this point, we're becoming a little more structured, but was where do we want to visit? And – Damn, that's cool. Uh, the f- second location was actually Culver City. It was through all the way across the country. I had never been to Los Angeles in my life. We had someone who was at the bar during our like New Year's Eve party, and he was like, oh, I got this like strip mall center. You guys should mm-hmm. come take a look. And we did. And then we were like, we want to do it. And everyone lived in New York City. And I was like, well, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Josh was married. And uh, no kids yet, but he was married. And Adam Kirsch is born and raised in New York. Um and uh, I was like, well, I'll go. And they were like, yeah. I was like, yeah. And I was dating um, my now wife at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Gabby, who was our door host. Um, we have no HR, so which is great. Uh, so, so we were able to, to, to build a relationship. And I was like, you want to go to L.A.? She's like, sure. And I was like, all right. So I sold, my, I sold a car that my grandfather had left me. Mm. What was it? It's a 56 Thunderbird convertible. Oh. I'm not a car guy, so I was like, I just need the cash to get across country. And I'm sure Grandpa would be proud. I, he would. Very he proud. He would. It's, the car was given to me not because he wanted to see what he would have done with it. It's what it does for me. Where where did the car get me? Yeah. Right? Different way of looking at it. Um, gave me the dough to get across country. Gabs and I took a three-week little mini work vacay and s- drove the whole way. Mm-hmm. Flopped down at her grandmom's, who, who lives out here, for a couple nights, and then found an apartment across the street from the Culver City location, and we started building within a couple months. And then, was there a moment there when you're doing that, and and throughout your process, where you've had like a moment of fear? Yeah. Or and and <laughs> how does that hold? And how does that hold you back? Because you hear a lot of interviews, and people don't want to talk about those bad moments. Mm. Yeah. But they're always there. We all have them. Yeah, well, you have to have them. Otherwise, you're never going to feel this, the opposite of that, which yeah. is like the elation and the, 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 the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have a bar. It has ebbs and flows, right? The Yeah, I was scared. I was lonely. I had no friends here, all of my best friends that I had built this place with because also all of the employees were all my best friends from college. And they're all still back in New York. Most of them, yeah. A couple of them gone on to do some really awesome, bigger things. Um, and uh, my family was back there. Yeah. I had never been to L.A., Gabby, even though having been born here, her life was in New York, so we were just lonely. You know, I got a pit in my stomach right now because I feel the exact like when I came out here, I left everything. Yeah. It was like I gotta do I, this, but yeah, and, and, home. and and so we we you know that was one, and now we're outside of the network. Now we're relying on uh, building this location out here. The first one out here was reliant on the strength of the brand and our execution, not a network of people who knew Josh Boyd or my friends from NYU mm-hmm. who were frequenting the bar. So yeah, it's like this one's costing us a boatload of money. We got to make it work. And the first couple months it was not working. Um, but we're, we work, we don't, 
we don't have a single quitter in our team and, and we just powered through it and, and, you know, we're honest with ourselves about the things that we were fucking up and, and messing with and fixed them and, and kept powering through and, and made the adjustments to, to make it work and then it kicked off and then... What were some of the things that were holding you back initially or that... I think one, we were just... We didn't take into account that our, our shit doesn't stink mm. um, and we just expected... The name, the cool blind barber, to just come out rocking in Culver City, and it didn't. Yeah. And we realized that we needed to uh, the the shortcuts that we took and that we were fortunate enough to take in New York because we had this great network there. We needed to really hammer home the customer service. We needed to really go above and beyond in terms of introducing the space to people, going out and doing the outreach. Like our name didn't travel that far here, mm-hmm. so it was going door to door for lack of better words, but going to the different businesses and offering them happy hours. And like, I had always looked at this business as an opportunity for, for us to immerse, like put the, the feeling of what these, what a bar and a barbershop should be into other environments. Because I, again, I was mostly interested in exploring. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what the fashion world was like. I wanted to see what the hotel worlds were like. I wanted to see what Japan and, China were like it's a big fucking world out there yeah and and I'm I I was like well I'm not interesting enough to to, for these people to want to just simply you know host us but Mm -hmm. my business could be and there's something that I think if that I can bring to them to elevate what they're trying to do then it works for both of us and I get to explore these other things through what I'm building and they get the added bonus of having our thing attached to theirs yeah and yeah, so so we were doing pop-ups with like different trade shows or anything we could do to to bring the name out, we were doing. Again, back to that hustling mentality. All day long. We got we got the Bo, uh, my uh, business partner's son rolling around back here too. If you hear foot, little little footsteps. Family family biz. <laughs> yeah. Family biz. I just showed you upstairs in the office. I have the the pack and play for my 2-year-old and when he has to come to work and take his naps. <laughs> I would crawl and sleep in that thing in a heartbeat. <laughs> Got a little football on there. Doing yeah, it right. Yeah, exactly. So when you come into a neighborhood, obviously that ended up working out for you. What, what was like the catalyst or what was like the turning point where you're like, okay, this is working. We kind of have something here. It was when we realized that it wasn't about, we needed to understand what the neighborhood loved about itself so that we could be a part of that neighborhood and we could be the neighborhood barbershop and not be blind barber. Yeah. Right. Like, None of our locations, with the exception of our Barneys and our hotel partnership, have the name Blind Barber on them. It's simply Barbershop. And it's because neighborhoods have history. Neighborhoods have local businesses that are built by the people who have been growing up in them. And we realize that the important, like, if a barbershop is about the stories and is about this safe haven of a place, then we needed to remove our ego mm-hmm. as a brand and, and be that be what that neighborhood needed as a space. Yeah. Because and ultimately if you if you don't fit into the neighborhood, they're not gonna fit in with you. And yeah, and, and it was don't fun. It, it, it made us dive into learning, you know, learning things from the neighbors, learning the history of Culver City, uh, and all of the neighborhoods that we're in. Like this one in particular at Highland Park, like we have it was a camera shop, so we have like some of the camera signs like plastered to the space mm-hmm. to like pay homage and make people in the neighborhood remember 
like show that we're not here to take over. We're here to become a part of. Yeah, it's still a little homage of what was. Yeah, here. and and so and it's worked really well for us. And I think it's it's made us way more approachable, which in turn benefit us from a business standpoint because yeah. people want to share what they're doing, and then we find ways to make it work for both of us. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it's like you're reinventing the wheel with like this combination of like this barbershop the barbershop aspect, the speakeasy, all the products you guys are making, but at the same time, it's not invasive. It just, it feels like part of home and part of the community. Yeah. So you're actually like an important asset instead of just coming in and trying to take over like a lot of companies do. Yeah, I think, and I don't know which way is right. I, I, the jury's still out, but it's working for us. I don't mm -hmm. think there is one way to do it. Um, but for us, it's just more important to build something that we're proud of as opposed to trying to trick someone into, like I want someone to come in, discover, and and give their stamp of approval because they fell in love with the space as opposed to simply beating them over the head with try blind barber, try blind barber, try blind yeah. barber, try blind barber, you know, blind barber this, blind barber that. It's like, just make this your spot. It's very who subtle when what, you walk. Who cares what it's called? Yeah, it's very subtle Like when you from the outside. When you come in, this is a, kind of a place I'd want to hang out just all day. Yeah. Get haircuts with my buddies, come have a drink, we lounge do, a little. We do. We hang out here all day, all night. <laughs> it's really, I mean, up until three months ago, we never had an office. We always, everything we ever built was out of the back of the bar or the barbershop. Yeah. It was nice having everything on tap and alcohol. It really gets the creative juices Yeah, you don't going. have to go anywhere. So what really impresses me about not only your business but like you in general is how creative you are that not only did you create this space but getting it out there so your social media presence is awesome Thank and you. uh you've partnered with some great people including bryce harper yep of the philadelphia phillies yep and uh, i have my philly socks on sick here, <laughs> which i've had i didn't just buy them for this it's awesome uh <laughs> I love that, and Bryce is such a personality in not only like the baseball world, but just in general. Mm -hmm. Like my mom is like, "Who's who's the the cute guy that's in Philly now?" Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh, Bryce Harper." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's the one." That's the one. And I'm like, "All right, I don't know yeah. how I knew that, but how how did that relationship come to be?" Him in particular. Well, again, going back to, I wanted to meet people, right? That's what we wanted this barbershop. I'm I'm sitting in those. In that shop, you'll meet all sorts of cool people doing all sorts of cool shit. And I want to understand what other people want to achieve in life because maybe it'll spark something that I want to try too, mm -hmm. right? So we we use this place. This is our canvas, right? More so than just like we don't – I don't use it just to like sell haircuts and, and drinks. It's like this is my way of like painting my picture of like what, what I think – my life should consist of and Bryce it, we didn't approach Bryce simply because he was Bryce Harper this mega superstar it was looking into you know stumbling across his name through and just being like and then diving into like what he's about and like seeing his personality and his passion on mm -hmm. the field reading his story about you know how long he's been playing baseball and all of the eyes and the pressures and like his family, how, how tight knit he is with his family and you know how much him and his brother get along. And like, there were so many things that I think we found similarities with in terms of not just me, but everyone like he, he could, he would be one of our buddies, yeah. right? He would be hanging out with us. If, I love if that. That's knew. the thing. And so, be. and so it just so happened that he was a superstar. So we found out who his agent was. We sent him a, a 
you know, a handful of product and a note that was like, do you want to, do you want to partner up and make some stuff? And after, you know, season was over, he got, he, they got back to us and we met with them. And when talking to him, he was like, you know, I just, I want to do stuff outside of baseball. You know, I think a lot of people, they see him and they're like, all right, well, put your jersey on, hold this bat and then say, this is the stuff that I love, yeah. you know? And it's like, we were like, all right, that's cool and all. And I'm sure that works really well because people know you as a baseball player, but like, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, you know, he loves doing his hair and he loves product and he mm-hmm. loved creating things and like being a ham on camera. And we were like, sick, like let's yeah. do all that stuff. Let's, Especially when you're in your use... prime and not, and just focus on baseball instead of focusing on things you do love. Cause you, they, these well, guys do it. He loves guys, baseball. They're but people, but they have lives outside of, of course, not one, yeah. per, no one's one dimensional. Right. Absolutely. And, and so it's like, all right, well, cool. Well, as a heads up, Lime Barber has been an incredible canvas for me to explore all that stuff. I would love to share that with you and whatever you want to do, let's do it. And I'll help you. I'll help you. If in turn, you're going to help me. Yeah. And then we high five and made a sick commercial together and some dope product Mm -hmm. that everyone seems to be liking. If you guys haven't seen their commercials, you can see them. They're on Instagram. I'm assuming they're on YouTube as well. Yeah. We, we, I'm really proud of this one. I'm going to, it's a mini flex right now. Um, but the, the, the spot that my myself and my team and Bryce put together last year, uh, we won a Clio for it, um, which is it, like an advertising award. Yeah. Um, hey, we, what what don't you guys do? This is incredible. Again, we we're just thank God for YouTube. It teaches us how to do anything we want to do. We mm-hmm. looked at that thing like how to shoot camera. Everything we make, we make ourselves up until probably like this last year where we started yeah. working with other agencies. And, and you have like a little studio upstairs. That's where we were. Early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you went to Clio? Yeah, and it was this cool thing. We, we uh, The commercial that we shot was Bryce kind of giving himself, like, affirmations. I don't know if you've ever seen those, like, viral videos where, like, the, the little kids are, like, sitting in the mirror, and they're like, you're beautiful, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, right? Going on and on and, like, make themselves feel better. I was like, well, how funny would it be if Bryce was, like, doing that for himself while getting ready? So we shot this beautiful, like, really, really well-produced commercial where he's, like, I'm the king of the world and you know like you know Bryce Harper <laughs> stepping up to the sink and it's one, hilarious if you haven't one seen one scene we we got uh, our friends from Dyson to give us two of their new blow dryers and I was like dude use both of them at the same time like that's just ridiculous that's a very Bryce move and so while he was doing it we took out our cell phone and our cell phone our smartphones um, our iPhones uh, and we like pretended to like creep up on them and that once we had the video, we asked him to like pretend like he got caught and he got all like riled up. He's like, dude, what the? And then so we gave that video to his brother. And our assumption was that his brother being um, an MLB player, mm-hmm. uh, the beat writers of like the Washington Nationals at that time when he was on the Washington Nationals and all the sports writers would, would like be paying attention to Brian to see what he was doing, but also to see what maybe if anything Bryce related, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, on National Sibling Day, we had his brother post that video being like, sick, Genius. sick, two blow dryers, bro. And the internet was like, we finally know the secret of Bryce Harper's hair. He uses two blow dryers and it was on SportsCenter, this, that, and ever. Mm-hmm. And then a day later, we came out with the commercial and all of them had to like edit their stories to be like, this was a marketing play to launch the Bryce Harper Blind Barber partnership. Genius. And we spent zero dollars to get it out there and got millions and millions and millions of impressions and were recognized for like the savviness and I got to give credit to Kimmel because it, that was kind of like 
his his move when he did that like twerking video. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that where the girl like catches on fire after the door opens and then he comes in with the extinguisher. I didn't see it. I, or I don't remember that. Anyway, it was a really it. like clever thing where like it was when twerking was like super like popular. Uh, I still on, see it from time to time. Yeah, but there was this video that went totally viral and everyone was like that's crazy 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 and then like the follow up was it was actually produced by Kimmel. Yeah. And so we kind of stole a page out of that book. Hey man, whatever works. Uh, yeah, what is the uh, I- imitation is a serious form of flattery or something like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We didn't steal. We reinterpreted. You yeah, know? just reinterpret. Yeah. No one's really going to reinvent the entire wheel on something. So it's like building off of like things that – like I love what you said. It's like what do I like? Where do I want to go? And how do I kind of see like my life playing out? And then how can we figure it? Yeah. Take those steps to get there. Yeah. And you guys are doing that. I'm doing it. I love that. So you're you're opening up a spot in uh, Philadelphia that's coming up. Yep. And and that's Excuse pretty much home for you, Cherry Hill. Close. Home, home is L.A. Home is L.A. Now. I'm I was born in uh, the South Jersey area, mm-hmm. uh, raised there, have great family, good friends back there. Home is here. No, I I don't say I'm going home. Home home is where my wife and my my son are. Um, but it is really. Is there like a nostalgia there? Open is that whole like a, a special I place mean, for you, dude? I get to go back and like treat my friends that I grew up with to like the thing that I've that has made my life, who is that has made me who I am today. Yeah, and like introduce them to this new version of myself and and what I'm doing. Um, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, and I mean, who doesn't want their their parents to like be stoked? Like, yeah. he, my mom is and dad are like. They're going to be going to the bar and like bringing their friends there. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And, and it's cool too because and, it's and not my like business partner, Matt Breen, who came on board like uh, two years into the business. He, he was a friend of a friend, got introduced to us, and he's our uh, CEO, and he's just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And he's from Philly too, and Josh is from Trenton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam is the only one who's, who's not uh, from there. He's from New York. Um, and then Bryce being in Philly, it's like we're all pumped. Like, there's just so much, like, it's like the perfect storm history there, like, for us to, to like, kind of bring, bring it back to a place that has a really, you know, spot in our, in our life and our hearts, I guess. And a place that is going to embrace you guys hardcore. Yeah, people in Philly like to drink. Yeah, I they like, like to drink. They like to look good. And they like Bryce. Uh, can you, oh, and we were, they <laughs> love Bryce. They can love we, Bryce. Can we get into real quick uh, the whole, uh, I want the Bryce? We can't. Oh, we can't. Okay, that's we can't. that's to be TBC. TBC. Okay, I love that. You guys will will know what that is in the future. But this these guys are just rolling out the most genius thing. Who doesn't want Bryce? Who doesn't? Want, I mean, I want Bryce. I gotta be honest. I look at that hair. He dives. He dives. He does like the the Pete Rose dive in the third. The helmet comes off. The hair's still perfect. I'm like, dude. I wish the MLB would let me use those for commercials. Give me a, yeah. He's hook in, me up. He's incredible. Let it flow. And he can also play. Not only is he a good-looking guy, he can play. Uh, I got to respect that. All right. So um, I want to get into real quick. What's the most interesting thing? Now, the thing I love about the barbershop is, for me, I kind of just open up when I'm getting my hair cut. I just start talking to my barber about things that I don't talk to anybody about, and I don't even think twice about it. Yeah. And uh, and I feel like that comes with comfort, comfortability in not only my barber but where I'm at. Um, and you guys – are doing that I'd like to think so you guys are doing that what, what's the the most open thing that you've heard somebody say like in a chair I can't I'm not telling you uh-huh. this is like but, a 
kind of like a priest like confession thing yeah i mean like you just said you sell you tell your most intimate stuff to your mm-hmm. barber like I, that's this is a safe place for everyone it's like a treasure trove of stories in here of course of course i mean that's that's what we're here for i mean it's it's all of that stuff right mm-hmm. like the i i mean it, it's the the place and i think people open up about themselves and the 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 things they're going through mostly i yes it's because it's a a random person who they have a close relationship with who's you know it's pretty intimate i mean they're cutting your hair yeah. you know um but i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a moment when people are realizing that they're 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 transforming back into themselves and it's the confidence in themselves to kind of just let out what who they are yeah. and what they're into because you go and get a haircut not because you want to look cool you go because you don't feel like yourself like right like your mm-hmm. hair is a little longer and yes it's a physical thing that you're seeing but you're like that's not me in the mirror I need to go get back to me. Yeah. And then when you're there, you're you're kind of like you find it, it, it releases you to like open up about things because you're like, oh, you know, this is me. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to talk about me or like tell people about the things that I'm into. Yeah. Because I haven't felt like myself. At least that's the way I look at it. No, I look at it the same way. Yeah. Because not only – and, and the thing is – and I don't care who you are. But for me, I feel like when you get a haircut, you just feel like a whole new person. It's like what you said. This is me. This is the best version of me, at least. Like, yeah. Not only physically, but like when you feel that as well. It's uh, a haircut is is I mean, it's a part of your style, right? And it's admitting again, like this person that you want the world to see because that's who you think you are. Yeah. Same as like. Do you have any uh, grooming tips that that you give guys? Like, if somebody was like should, listening, should shower. You every should shower. So that's that's a good one. Yep, you should shower every one. so often. Uh, so for a guy that's listening <laughs> to this, guy or girl, anyone who's listening to this, one shower. But uh, yeah. just say get, get you're, you're kind of losing confidence in how you're looking. Like we're all getting older. Like my hair's starting to thin. Mm-hmm. You know, you got grays popping in the beard. What do you? What do you, you remember? I'm the guy who dropped out of beauty school, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I might not be the. Uh, that I one of the things I've learned in terms of like. What, what I th- feel a tribute is it uh, has pushed us towards success is I've hired experts who are better than me. Mm. Um, so the extent of my grooming tips are shower. And if you're not feeling like yourself, go talk to one of the experts at our barber shops. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, so if you have any of those specific questions, I would highly recommend you hit up the gram because the barbers will get back to you. The barbers, YouTube's also a great place. Yeah. I don't recommend trying to cut your own hair via YouTube. No. I tried that one time. God, Didn't for, work. Good for you. Didn't work. I, just did, I had to do the straight shave. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, grooming tips. I mean, I don't know. Smell nice. Smell nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty I mean, – that's, that's it. Talk to Go talk to Cessna in, in the shop. He's got – he'll have better, better advice for you. I love how you have a place where you could just come in and it's like – it just happens. Like yeah. you walk in and it's like, hey, look, like – you know what you're doing, make it happen. Yeah, go go do what you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love to tell stories and explore. I love that. All right, so we're – Sorry. We're I wish the- I had more for you on that one. Hey, man. <laughs> you know what? Like, it, but, but it's funny. Like, people even ask, oh, like, the beard, like, what do you do? And I'm like, I, like, I go and get it trimmed up every now and then. I put coconut oil in it. But yeah. besides that, I don't – you just got to let it grow. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and everybody's me in different particular. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like for if you had it, me, I I like a matte finished pomade, and I put it in after it's a little wet, so I can shape my hair. There's yeah. a little tip, there you and go. then let it dry. Oh, well, big 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 secrets coming out there. Two blow dryers going. Hit the hit up the barbers. Those are the guys <laughs> and and the girls that'll be able to like really give you some guidance. I love it. All right. So <laughs> these days, what cocktail are you sipping when you're when you're in here and you had a long day and you're just what am I sipping? Uh, it used to be whiskey. I, I've migrated over to tequila. Mm. Uh, my my business partner has me ordering his drink, which is uh, tequila on the rocks with a splash of soda and a, a lime. Simple and effective. That's it. That is it. That and uh, a beer, Tecate, or like a Modelo, or uh, our friends just launched this cool beer called Calidad, which, mm. is, which is dope. It's a can of beer. Yeah. My, actually, I'll take that. It, those are all delicious. My favorite beer, though, is a Bud. A Bud? Bud Heavy. Oh, the old old school diesel. Yeah. I love it. We got, we got a little minion in here. What's up, Bo? What's up, dude? Um, and then... Uh, When I come into this, when I stepped into this place, something about it just like opened me up. I just felt good. Um, and I wasn't even coming in for a haircut. We were just coming in to, to do this podcast. But like something was like invigorated in me. What is the experience, the overall experience that you want guys to have? Because I see this and I see what you built. I'm like, damn, this is awesome. Like there's a place like this for people to come. Yeah, I want I want anyone who comes in here to feel like, they can disappear for a little bit of time, leave all of the other shit outside, mm -hmm. and just take a breather. Take a breather. Yeah. Honestly, take a breather. Know that there's a bunch of cool people in here who are interested in what you have to say or not say at all. And we're just, like, happy to kick it, you know? And, and I, I mean, I know that sounds really, like, hippie and kind of, like, free-spirited, but that's the truth is, like, we want to just have a place where people feel like they can be themselves and and with that you know want to enjoy the company of others like it, it, it's important for us we like the idea of building community we like the idea of build it being a part of these neighborhoods you know mm -hmm. the east village like we the most my favorite seat in all of these shops is the bench outside um because that's where you're like meeting the neighborhood and saying hello and watching you know kids grow up and basketball games happen or you know the scuffles in the street like mm -hmm. uh, over a parking it's spot all part of the experience it, it's 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 like i we we want people to come here and and contribute to the story and and to feel like they can be their most honest self and just simply take a break man take a break this this whole this whole thing we're doing living is is like you said, sometimes stressful, and it's nice to be one of the places where you, I get to, it, you're not here for a purpose other than to have fun and relax. Yeah. I if like, I can relax, I like get a haircut, and have a drink, I mean, that's the trifecta yeah, right there. Yeah, dance a little. Dance a little. Yeah. A little Boogie Nights action in here. We dance. It gets sweaty back here. Blind Barber, uh, they are in cities all across the country, soon opening up in Philadelphia. If you're in L.A., check them out. If you're in New York, check them out. In Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, just keep your eyes. Pretty much when you're traveling, you can just pop right in and get yeah. freshed up and say hello. Say hello. Yeah, and grab a cocktail while you're at it. A few. A few. A few. A few. All right. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.
This podcast is brought to you by Good Guy Wellness. Good Guy Wellness. Good products for good guys and good hair.